as followers of Christ, we have all been called to the secret place of prayer. That every morning when we get up, that we have time to meet with the creator of the universe, our good, good father. And we know that he is constantly continuing to pursue us, wanting to direct us in the way we should go for our day. We also have been given the blessing of having the person of the Holy Spirit who is our helper so that we know what to pray for. We learn to follow the will of God and also to discern the situations that we are facing. We all have these things that stand before us, and so often we are engaged in spiritual warfare. We find ourselves in a fight, a fight for our families, our kids, our marriages, our finances, our future, and for our moral purity. We are also in this war for our freedom that belongs to us and that Christ has given to us in that we have moved from our own strength to his strength. And Jesus made it possible for every one of us to be able to overcome our opposing enemies. We want to look at Luke chapter 10, if you have your U version or a Bible with you, chapter 10, beginning with verse number 17, if you're here alive and awake, Amen. if you're here and alive and awake, Amen. thanks for helping me. <laughs> when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him. Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. A few verses before this, uh, Jesus had uh, commissioned a, a group of 72 leaders to go out. Their mission was to tell people about the love and the forgiveness of Jesus and also that they may experience the freedom that he provided. We find in our text this morning that they are reporting back in and they're really pumped, excited, 
because what had happened, evidently, they didn't expect it would happen like that. And they said, Jesus, this is cool. When we use your name, these evil powers collapse. Jesus, we used your name and remarkable things started to happen. And Jesus here saw in the ministry of the 72 disciples the present and ultimate defeat of Satan. And then Jesus says, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Now remember, while we're hesitant, sometimes hesitant to mention this name of this person, Satan, uh, uh, Jesus was not in any way hesitant to talk directly about this foe. You'll remember that Satan's name was Lucifer, which means light, and that at one time he was an archangel in the heavens. Some believe he was like over worship. He was a splendid, incredible creation of God. Most theologians believe that in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28, we have a explanation of what happened when this wonderful archangel allowed pride to come into his heart, and he decided that in his heart, he said, I'll ascend into the heavens above, I will exalt my throne, and I will be the most high. He had this idea, a bad one, that he was going to be above God. We are introduced here to how pride works and where it ends up. He was tossed out. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 9, the great dragon, that's Satan, was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, who was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. He brought some of his small groups with him of angels, and the Bible says about one-third were a part of this open rebellion against God. And now, however, Jesus looking on what has happened, is pretty excited. And he looks at them, and he now gives them a directive of the authority that they have. And I want us to read out loud, with confidence, verse number 19. And let's, let's hit it together. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Let's hit that one more time. I like that. I like him just to hear where we stand and how he is a loser. He is a loser. 
Let's read it aloud again, not too fast now. Second row here is taken off. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Now, the snakes here that are mentioned and scorpions are symbols in the Bible of these cunning, dangerous enemies. And what he is saying is that through the authority that has been given to us, we can take out the cunning and the dangerous enemies that are always trying to move in and take us out. In the Greek, there's a difference between power, dunamis, and this word authority, exousia, exousia, which is this right to use power. Most of us understand more succinctly when a police officer stands up and puts their hand at us and then tell us to pull to the side of the road most of us that want to keep free obey what he says. I had personal experience with this some years ago. I was not at that time a model uh, driver of the automobile. <laughs> it happened to be the day that I was graduating from the University of Maryland and we were driving in the car from Baltimore to College Park for our big day. My dad was in the back right behind me and I was driving and we got on this road and I saw traffic as far as I could see. Being a person that wanted to somehow get around traffic and you've seen these people that go off the road, down the side, and you know how you feel about those people. <laughs> you remind yourself you are a Christian, don't cut them off. Now, I did not go for a block or two, but I went for many, many, a lot of miles. <laughs> My dad was, again, protesting, and then as I thought I had done some incredible thing, there was a police officer as I came to the exit where he went like this, and then he said like this, and my dad was saying, I told you, and I got out, my dad got out and said, officer, I'm a pastor, and I am so embarrassed of my son, and gave him a little talk uh, that was true, and thank God he was with me, and my the officer said, well, Reverend, I'll let you go this time. And we made the graduation with a lot of editorial that day. So authority, still can't get that out of my mind. I probably need to get healed from that. I feel that healing coming right now. But you put your... The authority puts their hand out and says, stop. And we have to know who we are and what we have and that we have been 
given this authority from Christ that we can stop what the enemy is trying to do. And today is a day of exposing his tactics and strategies to stand up and say, you have been trying to do this for too long and I'm putting my hand up and I am stopping you that you are not going to take over what God has given to me. I am stopping you in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, Jesus came not to negotiate, but to destroy the powers of of Satan, the devil, to disarm the rulers and the authorities. Gregory Boyd, great theologian, says, we are to manifest the truth that God's kingdom has come and the kingdom, Satan's kingdom, is defeated. He is defeated. He was defeated at the cross. He is our enemy and we are not negotiating with him. And Ed Jordan is watching this right now. Jerry and Ed, I know you're in a battle for your health, but we as a church are standing with you, and you're going to take out that enemy in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So we have the authority and we have to realize that we are not the one that is being intimidated, but as we sang this morning, we are the children of God. We are the sons and daughters of the King. And we have been given a power of attorney. We have been given the right to act on behalf of Jesus himself. That when he went back to heaven, he gave to each one of us a power of attorney. And he said, I'm giving you the authority to use my name. I'm giving you the authority to take your stand in your fight, in your battle, and not be intimidated, and not back up, and not be stopped, and not allow him to take any ground but to decide I'm taking back what you have stolen from me in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. This thief, Satan, is, he's a thief, and he is out to steal what belongs to us, our wholeness, our healing, our deliverance, our joy, our hope, our peace, our success, our prosperity, sound mind, visions, dreams, our future. And he tries to daunt what has been given to us. So we become foggy in our spiritual thinking. We become foggy in what belongs to us. And after a while, we find ourselves backing down and allowing him to act as though Jesus never came and Jesus never died on the cross. We sang a song this morning that Christ rose from the dead. And that means that we have the power to take him out. And when we get in our prayer of chair, our chair of prayer, and we begin to circle this 
chair of prayer and we begin to sit down and take our position of authority as men over the family. A man in the family is the leader and the protector of that family. He is the covering of the family. He is the one that is seeing that the spirituality is not invaded by unseen alien evil powers. And when you take your place in that chair of prayer and you sit there and you sit down, the enemy says, oh no, he's going to call on the name of Jesus. He's going to back me down. He's going to tell me where to go. And you walk around and you take a stance and you may not say anything out loud because the kids are still in bed, but you're up early, you're on your beat, and you are in your game, and you are a man. Thank God we have men becoming men of God, men of the Spirit, men that will not be intimidated, and you rock around your house, and whatever enemy has tried to make his way in through open doors, you close the doors, shut them up and chain them and lock them tight and you walk around because you are the big guy. You are the man that is leading the charge here. You are man of humility and you are protecting your family in prayer. Just sitting down in the chair of prayer All of heaven says, yes, go for it. All of heaven smiles and says, wow, Andy is in the chair of prayer. Gloria is in the chair of prayer. And you don't have to say anything out loud. You just say, Lord, I have the attitude every morning. I'm going to be in that chair. It's in that there this morning and I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen and I'm going to be in the secret place because I'm too busy. I'm too busy not to pray. I got too many problems like you and I don't know what to do. But I tell you, when I come out of my chair, I'll take the head off of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Enemy's been trying to take me out for years. And he's trying to take you out for years. And he almost does it until I get in my secret place in that chair. And when I get in that chair, I come out differently because I've I've decided I can't pull it off. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to solve the problems. They're, They're too big. But when I come out of that chair and I've been in the inner room of prayer and I'm praying with my wife and I'm praying for my family and I'm praying for their children, I'm praying for our generation that nothing weird or crazy is gonna happen while I'm on duty in my family and he can't take me out because I keep coming back. I keep coming back. He says, oh my God, Alex is coming back again. And he's saying to you, you're going to come back again. Yes, you're down. You're out. 
You don't know what's happened to you. Well, get up today and act like you know who you are and begin to fight. Sometimes we have open doors. About a decade ago, I came home one night. Judith and I had dinner. And I was sitting in the back room in our Florida room and I was kind of quiet. And we had a little conversation. And Judith, who is always nice, said, Alex, I think you're dealing with fear and I think you've opened a door to fear. And that's why you feel this kind of cloud over you. And she says, you have to renounce out loud and renounce that fear and close that door. She seemed kind of aggressive. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. I need healing from that too. <laughs> anyway, she walked around very confident in prayer and she took authority over that. I renounced it and within minutes, I felt like I was myself. See, when you discern things and you see what others don't see in the spirit, you can recognize sometimes a problem is we have to crucify this human nature of ours, but other times there's a spirit. And the spirit you don't crucify, a spirit can enter into a Christian and bring oppression, not possession. And when that comes, it's a bondage. And what you have to do is... Judy did with me and I obeyed, is to renounce the spirit in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy, or in 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God has not given to us the spirit of fear. He's not disseminating spirits that hold us back. But he has given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And right now in this room, the spirits of fear are leaving in the name of Jesus. I renounce the spirit of fear. I renounce the spirit of fear over every student in this place, in the avenue, every father, mother, single, married, wanna-be married, in the name of Jesus, I take authority of the enemy in the name of Jesus. Say it with me. In the name of Jesus, we renounce the spirit of fear in our life. In the name of Jesus, I'm not having it. Leave me right now. Now let's bless the Lord that he has released us. Released us. Released us. Released us. The enemy is deceptive. He makes sin look glamorous. He paints a beautiful picture of something that we should do. The Bible calls this aberrant behavior 
sin. And after he gets us out there doing it, we inevitably find it's fun. Because the Bible says sin is fun for a while. However, the fun wears off and what we end up getting is what the enemy praises himself about and that is personal bondage. So what we thought was good is a deception and now we find ourselves in bondage. We need not give the definition of bondage because bondage is something that is pressing and it is the absence of freedom. His goal is always to bring us into bondage, where we are contained, like we're on, like a dog is on a leash for a walk. And when he gets us, we're on his leash. And he lets it go a little while and we think we have freedom and then he pulls that back. And there are Christians, I'm sure, are going to heaven, but they have no heaven on earth because doors have been opened, bondages have set in place and we now have a foggy spiritual perception. He's cunning, he is crafty, he is dangerous. We ought not be afraid of him, but we ought to discern what he's up to. I personally think the biggest thing he's up to in bondage, as I have observed all the prayer requests, that we get. I believe in the family, the number one thing that is his strategy and in churches is to divide and conquer so that everybody in the family is fighting each other. And then he lifts his hands and he praises himself. This is great. They're going to heaven, but they're living in hell. This is wonderful. Division, there's a need to learn communication. There's a need to how to be married to a woman, married to a man. There are differences. But the bigger problem is not communication. Often, it is spiritual. And if two people can gather the screaming kids into a room and sign a truce in prayer that we love each other and we have some spirits in here and come against the spirit of division and wipe it out. Wipe it out in the name of Jesus. Now, if you're living with someone and you're not married, that's not going to work. Getting off my notes here. I'll move on to the next point here. If you're in love, it's good. Get married. Get married. 
Not only do we have the name of Jesus as a point of power, we also have the word of God. Every word in the book or in your you version, every, every word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. We call this a holy Bible because it's separated unto God. And this word is powerful. The Bible says that the word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. At that time, a sword was the big deal. Today, if they were writing, they'd probably say it's as powerful as an more powerful than a nuclear weapon. And so the enemy, the enemy is called off guard when you open the book and you just wait and you start to read what God says. And you read Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy comes in like a flood, Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. You're here in this 11 o'clock meeting and the enemy is coming in like a flood. Well, lift up the standard to what God says. Last night after prayer a little while, I got, I like to have a lot of Bibles and I have this new Bible and I love new Bibles. Some people have their collection of cars and my collection of Bibles. I came in by the bed there and I put that right there, that new Bible, and I opened it up to a passage and I thought, wow, nice to have my weapon. I don't, I don't carry a gun. Just wanted you to know that. <laughs> but I do carry a weapon. And that's what God says. And when I was going many years ago through a really hard time in my life, I slept with this on my chest. Month after month, I, I put that on my chest and I said, I'm not, the enemy's not going to take me out. In the name of Jesus. So you may have to get, if it's your phone, you sleep with your phone there in the name of Jesus or whatever it is. But don't ever underestimate the word of God because it's powerful and it's alive in the name of Jesus. And that's why in every single message that I try to preach, I try to jam pack it full of what God says and the word of God because I know every time a verse comes and pops up on that screen, I know that the enemy is angry because he didn't like that. He isn't like that. He liked just to talk about stuff. But when you keep coming up and you throw another, another weapon at him, uh, he, he's shaken and he has to back off. The word of God is alive and powerful, not dead and corrupted. It's alive and powerful. And when you combine these two things, these three things of this prayer together, this triangle where you now have your secret place of prayer. Don't miss prayer. Don't miss prayer in the morning. Some people say, oh, I'm praying when I go to bed. Well, that's good. Don't, you're starting your day. Don't pray after you start your day. Thank you. When, you. when you have this triage and you have this secret place, this inner room of prayer, and you have a, a prayer chair or chair of prayer, and you have this word of God and you have access to the name of Jesus, you know where you stand. I don't, 
I don't intend to lose because I have my weapons and I'm locked and loaded. And when I came in here this morning, I was not wondering what would happen. I came in here confident I'm going to expose our enemy, Satan. He has all these fears of failure, rejection, sickness, death of marriage. You go through a divorce, and I've heard women say, I'm never going to be married again because blah, blah, blah. Oh, really? Watch what you say. Just because you had two bad guys in your life, open, you keep your eyes open to what God wants to do. Someone here, God has a great man for you, and you wrote it off because you're so hurt. Go into counseling and get over it, and God will send you somebody... Fear, fear of marriage. Put that up there, fear of marriage. Don't you have any fear of marriage? We have to be open to the good things that God has for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have to be aware That he has these addictions, these buffets of addictions, drugs, alcohol, misuse of prescription drugs, worry, pornography, adultery, lust, eating disorders, gluttony, anorexia, bulimia, bulimia. Hopelessness. You have any one of those? You better go into a fight. And most of the time, you can't take those addictions out by yourself. Most of the time. If you try to end something and you go on for a period of time, it ought to be a bell that goes off and says, you can't do this by yourself. The enemy has you inundated with that and you have to get help. He hates when we raise our hand and we go for help and go to illuminate or go into a new day now and we say, I wanna join a small group. I'm gonna get with some powerful Christians and I'm not going to be taken out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna overcome this addiction. The biggest Christian addiction is not drugs. The biggest addiction is worry. Worry is when you think about your problem. I'm familiar with these friends. I have a degree in it. When you think about it, and then you think about it again, but you don't think about it and say, why, that's going to be great. We're overcoming that. No, you think about it, and it's dismal, and you're never going to be able to solve it. And You think about it again, think about it again, and you now think about it in the middle of the night. You think about it. It's an addictive, it's an addictive force that the enemy uses on us and we cannot worry because when we worry we are in fact atheist I'm worrying because God can't do this for a moment I'm atheistic and we have to say no I'm not an atheist maybe you have to get up in the middle of the night look in the mirror and say I'm not an atheist and go back to bed and sleep Satan is a, con a conquered foe. And ladies and gentlemen, we are the church of Jesus. And when we come together and we pray and we believe and we stick together, and remember, we are not in the Christian culture.
The Christian culture is we know a lot of things about Jesus. We just don't live, live it. And then we live independent lives. That's not this church. <laughs> this church is not that. You got the wrong. If you don't want to be involved in community and family and work together and want to be in the Christian culture, that's not us. I'm not giving my life for, for all that kind of sit on the pew, never be involved. That's not the church. Church is people that are committed together. They are one together. They fight together. They take out enemies together. They take territory together. And we are an army. We are a family. And we're going to have hundreds and hundreds of small groups around here. And we're going to, there's not going to be one person left behind. There's no person going down under our watch. We're going to go after you. We're going to do a shakedown. And you're not getting away when the enemy taking you. We're going after you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Okay, I'm done. Now, a minute. We're going to sing the song, There's Power in the Name of Jesus to Break Every Chain. Probably not one person in this room doesn't have some kind of a chain. I'm going to ask no one to leave unless there's an emergency. I believe after the word is spoken, signs and wonders should happen. And it shouldn't be like we heard the word, praise God, let's go home. No, we're going to see an eruption, a volcanic eruption in the spirit. So the team is going to lead us. If you're voting this morning for freedom, stand up. I came this morning, I want to be freer. How many want more freedom in your life, in your family? Gee, every person in the balcony, wow. Let's try this again. How many want more freedom in your life, in your family? So we're going to sing this song. Nobody run out that door, that door, that door. These are powerful moments where the Spirit of God comes in with a rush because we have the Word of God in the air and in our hearts. And we're going to sing this. If you can't sing it loudly, whisper it. If you can't whisper it, just listen. Hallelujah. All right, hit it there.
I felt, I felt in the first service that there, some people just need to come up and say, I got that chain and come up and just stand here. And I asked our pastors to come and our team leaders to pray. And we're going to kind of just lay our hands on and we're not, we're just going to say in the name of Jesus. And maybe you have a flood that's coming against you. Uh, we're here to pray and we're going to keep singing this. But if you need to come and just stand here, we already have two stand. You just come and stand across here. Our prayer team is coming and just take your stand. Whatever the enemy is trying to take to wipe you out, it's not going to happen. We want our prayer teams in the name of Jesus to come. In the name of Jesus, we're taking authority this morning. Chains are coming off. Come on, come on. Come on down, come on down, come on down. Over here, come over here. We're gonna hit it, let's hit it hard. Come on.
Jesus was speaking in a synagogue, and there was a flare like that. And you know, there are spirits, and they didn't like the talk here today. And so we're helping her get free, or he, whoever it was. We never, we never end our meeting without giving people an opportunity uh, to be forgiven of their sins and to have a new life and to experience the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no matter how bad we've been, and we all come to Christ messed up, and we go down this dark road, and we are pulled in by his deception, and then we're in bondage. But Jesus says, hey, I'm here. I'm not judging you. I want to give you forgiveness and a new life. And so we had people in the first meeting at 9 o'clock raise their hand and says, I want Jesus. And it doesn't matter how bad you've been, because that's the people Jesus says, hey, Come on, I'll forgive you. So I'm going to count to three. No one moving for just a second. 
And when I do, if you say, listen, pray for me, I, I, I want to I be forgiven of my sin. And I can tell you, it's about to happen, and you will be for, you'll be forgiven, you'll leave here and have a great lunch. So I'm going to count to three, one, two, three, you need to be forgiven. Throw your hand up in the balcony, wherever it is. Put it up, put it up, all over the building. Put it up, put it up, put it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. We're going to ask, we're going to ask everyone that raised your hand, just come and stand here. We're going to have a, a minute prayer with you and take your stand for Jesus. That's what this is about. You're not joining our church. Uh, there's nothing to join this morning other than Jesus. So you come, 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 come. Balcony, come. Come, come. Wherever you are, come to Jesus. Walk down here. Come, come on. That's it. Walk down from the balcony. Yes, they're coming. Yes. Come, come to Jesus. Come right now, wherever you are. Come to Christ. Yes, all the way from the balcony. Who else? I love to see people getting out of darkness into the light. Somebody else coming over here, all the way from the balcony. The whole balcony is getting saved here. Who else? Who else? Someone else? Yes, keep coming. Keep coming, keep coming, yes, yes, yes. Keep coming, get out, get out now. Wave bye to Satan, I'm no longer your disciple. No payoff, bondage, give me a break. I'm coming to Jesus. There are other people need to come. This is free, there's no charge. I release people right now to come that know they should come. Husbands, wives, friends, whoever, in the name of Jesus, we declare you're free on this day, July the 29th, 2018. Who else? Why am I waiting? There must be someone here that needs to come. In the name of Jesus, you brought a friend, ask them. We're not embarrassed to ask a person to get free in Jesus' name. Look at all these people. This looks like revival to me. Thank you for coming. We're not focusing on how bad you've been, but how good Jesus is. And he's gonna do great things. And we're gonna pray this prayer and if you pray the prayer from your heart, uh, your life will be changed. And so if you are here, you didn't come, pray it wherever you are, online in another nation, pray it right in your front room in, in uh, Brazil. They need Jesus too. All right. So let's all say this prayer out loud. Jesus, Jesus. I put my faith in you. I put my faith in you. 
that you took my sin on the cross. I confess and believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. He's alive. I turn from my sin. I repent of my sin. And I abandon my life to follow Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Give me your grace, the gift of righteousness, and eternal life. We prayed that family. You're in the heavens. Come on, go with Pastor Dave.